then I'm a thug. That's because I came from the gutter and I'm still here. I'm not saying I'm a thug because I want to rob you and rape people and things. No, I'm not angry at them. I'm angry at the system. It's not even about me no more. It's about some nightmare that these people have. But I'm still a survivor, you know, I'm still smiling, still signing autographs. But soon I'm gonna go crazy. So I was addicted to the dark side. Somewhere inside my childhood when this my heart die. And even though we both came from the same places, the money and the fame made us all change places. How could it be through the misery that came to pass? The hard times make a true friend afraid to ask. A currency, but you can run to me when you need. And I'll never leave, honestly. Someone to believe in, as you can see. This is a small thing to a truth. What could I do? Real homies help you get through. And come anew, he do the same. Dang if you could Cause in the hood True homies make you feel good And half the times We be acting up Call the cops Bringing a cease to the peace That was on my block It never stops When my mama asked me Will I change I Tell her yeah But it's clear I always be the same Until the end of time FM, WBAI, New York. Welcome back to another episode of Black Seinfeld, the show about nothing. Absolutely nothing. It is the one, the only Trinidadi, Panamanian, Poppy, Rude Boy, Top Gunner, Suck Panyamada, Giovanni Anglin. Hello, everyone. Greetings. Yo, what's going on? It's Bash Nisha, a.k.a. Doc Rivers Flop Season. Recording live from Queens. Gio is in Brooklyn. What's going on? Doc Rivers always flops. I don't understand why this is such big news. I don't know why this is such something that's new. We all know this. We've seen what happened during his time with the Celt- with the Celtics, with the Clippers. So for me, I were was always one of those people that will bring it up. But the problem is like it's a new team, new year. And they did pretty well this year. So I didn't want to say, like, oh, they're not going to have a clear playoff run. Because I still think they have a chance. Because it's still a good team. Yeah, it's still a great team. But for them to lose uh, these past two games the way they did in such disappointment, that, you know, like, it was just sad. It's still Doc Rivers, though. It's still Doc Rivers. It's still still Doc Doc Rivers. Rivers. Mike's happy that that they lost. Oh, he's not a, doesn't like 76ers? No, I, I guess not. I thought he root for 76ers because Atlanta beat Knicks. True, but it's like still Philly, though. Effect. It's still Philly, though, after all. Uh, I don't care about that. I, I like Joel Embiid. I think he's a great player. Seth Curry. He's a wonderful today, player. Shooting over 70% on the field. Ben Simmons can't get the free throw. The I didn't watch the full game. Me neither. I have to prep for this. Same here. But, the only Curry that's in the playoffs still. Isn't that exactly. something? Who would have ever thought? I wouldn't have. It was bound to happen. 
you know, one person's talented, another person works hard. It both pretty much pay off. I'm not true, saying but Steph, hard work Steph, definitely stuff definitely works hard though. Oh yeah, but hard work definitely does pay off more than talent. Some people have just an insane amount of worth ethic where, you know, someone that's actually talented may feel like just because they are talented, they don't have to work as hard because it just comes naturally to them. Yeah. I like to say it depends on your situation mm-hmm. because it's all about like where you start. Let's say you are talented and you start in a team where they push you, like you have to do practice. Or we could talk about relativeness in like the business world, like you have a manager that pushes you to work really hard, even though you mm-hmm. could do it, you'll be on the right path. But if everybody's like, Oh no, he fine, oh they are fine, they're good, she's good, then yeah, that's when your talent kind of will put you in the bus. Or let's go even in the musical realm, right? There's a lot of rappers out there that that question and and sometimes, you know, they for lack of a better term, they wonder why certain people are in the position that they are in. For example, your one of your favorite rappers, Sweetie, you know, Sweetie isn't that great. That's just me saying that, but you know, she may know one people within rappers. the industry or she also may have a, an insanely psychotic work, work ethic in order to get herself in those positions where she can meet the people that she needs to meet in order to do what she wants to do. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes a lot of rappers that are really talented, you may not even hear about them. They might may not even get on because they haven't found the people that they needed to find in order to get to that level. We could, we could use, I, I would hate to turn this into a conversation um comparing women but like doja cat is probably one of like the most talented people but this had to like the timing was hit right so she was able to find the right people to help her with the craft so yeah it's all about like once you have the talent and you're able to show your own work ethic that you're able to do it by yourself sooner or later when you do have the team that can provide you with those next steps you'll be able to you know blossom like she did yeah (laughs) yeah but i don't i don't want to compare uh doja to sweetie <laughs> I don't. It's not fair to, and I think. It's well, it's not fair to Doja Cat, huh? It's, it's not, okay. Yeah, you could be, be honest. Go ahead. It, it just creates this conversation, and it, it's left best for the internet than like face to face like conversation. Like, oh yeah, you know, one person is pretty much getting the golden ticket, while the other person, like, they have to work for that ticket. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've seen what what Sweetie's been going through. She's been performing. On, on boardwalks in front of people to I think that's fine. I think so too. At a in certain to... levels, like with the budget you have, like you shouldn't be doing that. That that is also true. I think that should be left up to not amateurs, but people who are on the come up, who's trying to get their name out there. Sweetie was dating the damn Migo, all right? And she was performing on BET Hip Hop Awards. I don't think she she would have to do it, but apparently Due to her performance in one of those fight TV pay-per-views, I forget which one. It was probably one Paul brother. It was probably one of those. Mm-hmm. Apparently, her her performance wasn't adequate. Remember yeah, that? That's something she needs to work on. Yeah, yeah. I I actually did see her talking about that. But it's the hard work mentality, you know. Just as long as you know what your weakness is and how to work on it, just go at it. Yeah, definitely. You know, just go at it. Definitely. But what's up with you? How you been? I'm doing well, man. I've been doing great. It's been a wonderful week. I'm officially a working man again. Going to be working again full time. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm happy to be out of the house and, and working again. 
it's a lovely feeling so now i have to go and get business casual attire because i've never had a job that required me to do so i could just go to work like this all black and i'll be fine you know because i've been my background is in food and in cafes and in radio and in radio you you know you can really wear whatever you want no one's gonna see you you feel me and then when you work in food you just wear th something that you don't mind getting messy which is all black yeah you know and i always recommend people that's in the in the like the casual field to like look at um kohan sneakers but they're not sneakers they're like shoes but they're shoe sneakers in a way so they can pass off as it's not even just pass shoes. off it's like it's built for that sole purpose or just get sketchers but it's like we're we just out we have too much swag sketchers yeah what's wrong with you man you think i'm amber cole what's wrong with you but but yeah sketchers are swagless because they don't know how to make cool sneakers for kids but for the adult workforce they make excellent shoes so if you don't care about swag or you're not from new york like you can rock those shoes and you have no problem so. I I honestly said Kohan as a way to get around yeah, it. But Kohan. like I said, Skechers is like one of the best work shoes out there. Bastion, I'm not gonna lie to you. When I was reading the employee pamphlet and handbook and all that, and I was reading about business casual, to me the term business casual seems oxymoronic to me. Like it's a paradox, business and casual. It feels like it shouldn't mix. It's like water and oil. Because you can't be disagree with you that. can't be casual and business. That's weird. No, I, I I will disagree with that. Okay, you you know more than me. You are you are definitely in that business casual realm before I did. Yeah, because the best way to explain it is just the evolution of clothing, right? Okay. So we're talking about business casual. You're right. At one point in time, they're two different things, and they're fused into one. What? Why is that? Because clothing is more accessible for people. So business back in the day were like just straight up suits. Suits, yeah. Right? You have your white shirt, black tie, different colored ties, and your matching suit from the top to the bottom. Facts. And, you know, get your socks. Funky your, socks. I, I like to do the funky socks. Funky socks leather, are great. And your leather shoes. Hell yeah. So that's business, right? But what's casual, like business casual are like the polos, right? You could wear right. a button-up polo nice and airy for you. You could wear, you, you could wear jeans. Right, not ripped jeans, but you can't wear jeans. You can wear dark jeans, yeah, dark blue jeans, but you can't wear light blue jeans. Right? There's like different, there's like check boxes that you can wear black jeans, black pants, roll it up. Um, like I like I said, it's like it's it's just playing in between because of the type of clothes we have today. So like I said, dark denim jeans, dark dyed, you could get away with it, but you cannot walk around with ripped light jeans. That's a big no. Mm. See, also the thing that I'm always concerned about is comfortability, especially when it turns into like winter time and all that stuff. And of course, they're like, what you can wear, what you can't wear. You can't wear boots. But I'm like, hold up, though. What happens when it snows out here? You acting like we, we live in this weather 24-7. I need to wear my Tims. You feel so, me? So the thing is, like, there's different style of boots and you can wear boots, but you will have to wear what would deem like all black boots right right tims. nothing too fashionable no tim's it's not fashionable it's just new york man it's it, it's my, comfortable my, yeah that's that's the thing it's like they want to in my opinion i don't think tim's count as a uh, work casual 
Of course they don't. And then like the office field. It, it just doesn't fit. If you choose like good boots, how would I say? Maybe maybe something like leather. Not not too tight, not highs. It can't be six inch. So yeah. Like most people, like me, you just have to bring two shoes to work. You know, take off the snow boots and switch it to your regular shoes. Then when you're getting outside to switch out. That's too much work, dog. See, it's not actually. It's, Most people think it is, but it's not. It's, Especially if you buy comfortable shoes, it's like it's slip lame. on one, two, you're good to go. That's lame. I mean, I already do that when you go to the gym. I have a extra pair of just sneakers with me, you know, in Trust the bag. Me, it, it flows within the same. You're not even thinking about it anymore. From the outside, it's lame. I don't. I definitely understand like where you're coming from. Yeah, because I come from the 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 way I I work is. Basically, you know, I get to wear whatever I want, right? And now I'm a bit limited, although I'm excited to like look all professional-ish. I feel normal. I feel like one of y'all. I You're feel not like limited. You. I promise you, bro. It's like wearing I cardi- am limited. Wearing sweaters or like cardigans. And in your mind, you're limited to your imagination because you don't wear them enough. But once you're out there looking for different styles, you're going you're gonna to be very surprised what you could find. Like, oh, okay, I can see myself wearing this. Oh, this color looks nice. There's an idea that there's a brand new identity that you're going to formulate looking in a new world. And that's pretty much it. In you're unaware about on this world? planet. Oh, yeah, yeah I this- am unaware about this because I'm used to, you know, it's just something that I'm not used to. I see yeah. it when I go out or when people come in. I see it. I'm not going to lie. I have my prejudgments. And now I'm one of them. I'm one of y'all. You're always one of them. Not true. <laughs> You're always one of them. Once you start thinking about how your clothes will affect your workplace, you're, turn, you're on your way there. That's like doing a job interview. Once you're thinking what I have to wear towards a job interview, you're already on your way there. Because you're already section it off within your brain. It's like what clothing works, what socks work for this job interview. I can't wear some wild nonsense like I, like some hip-hop disco record on my shit. Well, I guess that will work. It's, it'll, it'll look funky. But you, you, you'll know exactly. Oh, there you go. You cannot wear weed marijuana socks. To a job interview yeah of course not you can't wear those that's oh, nuts it's, it's nuts it's, yeah, it's sectioned nuts. off in your brain because you understand you should not do that yeah yeah some people don't know that some people think it's 2013 where the socks from huff right huff often. those are what the socks are huff exactly and you wear that to a job interview i understand you might not have socks because you know just destroy your sock section, your sock selection or collection. But always have something on you, right? Yeah, definitely. But work with no socks. Just make sure you have lotion. <laughs> get socks sometimes. Now, uh, if but if you have to go to an interview, you have to get dress socks, though. You know. Yeah, I I personally don't have dress socks. I have a lot of like athlete socks and stuff, but. Mm-hmm. I just look for the something like nice to colorful, one hundred percent cotton, and just deal with that. Cool. Speaking of work, man, you went over to a, a restaurant that's that's around this block that I always consider to be a sadity ass place. What was your experience there? Is it as sadity as I think it is? 
I wouldn't say. Yeah, I think so. It was a bit complex for the average uh, food consumer, especially if you're average New Yorker. But um, high end still will land you in place of good food, or I would say like delicious food. So without naming the restaurant, but it's on the block that we're recording this on. Yeah, I I thought it was interesting. Huh? Were you in the backyard? Yeah. That's why I couldn't find you. I was oh, you walking for, by? I was waiting for you, and I was like, I can't. No, I, was I said the, don't. I was looking through the window. I was like, I don't see him. I was like, oh, he must be in the backyard. How's the backyard? Foolish. Foolish. Yeah, it was nice. It was nice. Um, are you look? Are you currently looking into working? Not working. You're not even looking into working in the restaurant industry. Um, are you looking to go to restaurants? Now everything's opening at like the full scale. Well, Bashan, what a great segue because 70% of New Yorkers have gotten the vaccine. So suck it, anti-vaxxers, meaning, you know, the governor, the mayor formally made the announcement that all restrictions will be lifted. All mask restrictions will be lifted. So this means, ladies and gentlemen, that the 2021 Hunger Games have commenced. Please, may the odds be ever in your favor. So, Bastion, to answer your question, yes, I'm going to go out to restaurants. I mean, I already have been. I'm not going to lie. I've been going out to the bars. I've been living my best life, Bastion. It's Thought Boy summer season, and I plan to live it up to the fullest. But now, especially since that we, as in New Yorkers, we have reached our goals, one I want um I want Budweiser to supply us with free beer, okay? I don't care if if the whole country has to get 70% because according to the numbers and statistics, we may not get there in time, but New York we did it. So as New Yorkers, they should should supply us with the free beer. I don't care. That's just me. And yes, I've been enjoying myself and I've been going out. So don't so don't criticize me and look at Not me like I'm fool because you can't do anything. You're just a New Yorker. Yeah, I'm adhering to the, to the rules. Okay, when I can't change to. the rules. I adhere to the rules when I feel like it. And guess what? I feel like it this summer. Okay, when you know when it got dark outside, it was nine o'clock. Okay, that's when I leave the house. And there was still some lightness outside. You know what that tells me? It tells me that this is going to be a great summer. Or it's just June. But it's going to be a great summer and great things are going to happen. I'm using that rooftop. I'm getting turned up. It's going to be lit. I feel you. I feel you. I'm not stopping. I'm not stopping your party, right? Though. Oh, here he goes. I still think it's a bit early. For New York City to open, I understand seventy percent of the population is vaccinated. We're talking about all of New York State, right? You yeah, said? yeah, New yeah. York City, all in New York State, including the city. That's great. Glad to hear. Here he but goes. Here, he, here goes Bastion. Here he goes. It, it's still too early. It's still too early to go maskless and to remove uh, mask within certain areas, like museums and restaurants. These are places where people gather. You know, like we're going to have a couple of festivals um, starting, I think, the end of August into September and October. So, yeah, Rolling Loud is, is among us. And most of us are going to go maskless. 
Well, and that's the problem. I still think is we're still early into the game. I still think 2022 is like the year when we all go like face off. But yo, I'm telling you, man. So bashing shaking my head. I'm shaking my head out here. It's too early. I already know the answer to your question, mm-hmm. but I'm going to ask this anyways. Now that the restrictions are lifted, are you still going to be wearing your mask? Yeah, of course. People are still going to wear their mask. Yeah, I do. I do on the train. Yeah. But you mean like in places of gathering? Like, of course, you could take it off for a bit. You know, when you're eating, because you still have to take off the mask when you're eating. Of course. But best way to talk about it. It's like when you're in a situation and you're talking, you might have to take off the mask. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I still like like I said, in my opinion, I still think it's too early. There is a timeline that we're just jumping the gun on. And Do you not think that? Well, well, Bastion, you know, to be honest, it doesn't matter what I think, okay? Because I can't do anything to change this outcome, okay? So if, so if the mayor and the governor want to lift these restrictions, I say, hey, go ahead. Like I said, this is the 2021 Hunger Games, and may the odds be ever in your favor. This this feels like some herd immunity right now, to be honest with you, bro. That's what they're going for. This sounds like some herd immunity-ish. What's hey. the percentage for herd immunity? It's like maybe it is around, roughly around 70% you're yeah. supposed to hit. And once they saw that, like, 7-0, it's like, you sure? Is this the number? All right. Mm-hmm. Press the red button. <laughs> It's time. They went 69.9%, and then once they hit 70, like, they they pressed the red button. And now we'll see. Only the strongest will survive, Bastion. Maybe we'll get some, some actual mutation out of this. I don't know. We'll see. There's, multiple, there's a lot of mutations still out there in the world that, um... I remember you're supposed to get, like, <laughs> like the third shot? Yeah, you're supposed to get a, a, a third shot within, like, a year for the Pfizer vaccine because of all the different variants going on. But I'm not talking about that kind of mutation, Bastion. I'm talking superpower, supernatural mutation. The thing that got us flagged on YouTube. Listen, it got you flagged because you named it weird, Bastion. No, I named it what you send me. That's how I choose my titles. You send me clips. You give right. me uh, time um, selections. And I put and down what we discussed, so I put... No, that's, those are titles. Every time you, I see it, those are the titles I choose. Cause I, really? I'm too lazy to think of them. Yep. See? So that's your fault again, because you were too lazy to think about it. No. I saw your titles, and I saw it. It's like, all right. I think we could get demonetized for it, but I don't think they'll ban it. <laughs> they and ban we're it not back. even monetized, so it doesn't matter. So I don't care. If we were monetized now, yeah, I will, like... I won't even post that video, to be honest. I'll, I'll just clip it up more and just post on Instagram as a joke. That clip but was I won't post a full though. video. That video was hilarious, though. Oh, uh, yeah. As a, and as it like wasn't an our fault, clip. Bastion. We were just we were simply spreading news on what was happening. That was the COVID update. That's not and our that, fault. Okay. YouTube algorithms. Remember, YouTube, the people that work at YouTube, there's not a lot of them, right? It's just a bunch of algorithms that they created in order to clean up the platform. The platform is still messed up afterwards. So in order to deal with it, they just look for keywords and key terms. They don't have to watch the video. 
They just look at the title. So when I say request, hey, should I change the title? I'm positive there's not a single person that saw that appeal and it was just ran through the same automation that one went through the first time. Mm. In order for me to directly get someone to look at, I will have to like reach out to them on Twitter or something. Like, hey, I got the monitor. Hey, I got uh, we a got flag flagged for for insinuating that fun yeah of the nonsense that was going on in this uh, press conference. Right. What else? What else can we do? You know, it, it's all nonsense. It is all nonsense, but it was hilarious nonsense. Because this is from doctors, allegedly. Well, no, it's not even alleged. They they are doctors. Yeah, they are doctors. And that's why we made the video to make fun of them. But if we're not right. outwardly putting that as a title, then it just won't work with YouTube. Like I said, like it's all about titles because there's nothing else I put in it that will show that we're talking about like vaccination and magnetism that as those foolish people were talking about. Right. So we, no. we so we should have yeah. put this Ohio doctor said that COVID vaccine vaccinations. Nope. You said COVID. You're not supposed to say those words. So this Ohio doctor said vaccinations. Can Wrong. Lead you said to, vaccination. You can't bro. say vaccinations. That's exact. That's the word that got us banned. Oh, oh, okay. So this Ohio doctor said that this cure can lead to magnetism. This cure. It's not a cure. You can't get away with cure. I nope, can't get away with work. the cure. It won't. It won't work. Remember, it's Antidote? algorithms, right? They look at like, <laughs> look. They, they open the thesaurus, take all the synonyms. It's like, all right, you, you're trying to get away with this. We're gonna catch you. This should really be for some like behind the scenes discussion, but I'm gonna try and get this right. This Ohio doctor said this antidote. Wrong. You can't say antidote? Dude, I just said it's like a thesaurus. Well, they, you said cure. They, they know the parallel. Bastion? Oh, man. Bastion froze. Oh, you good? No, right. I'm back. I'm back. Okay, I'm okay. Back. Cool, cool, cool. Continue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, anything of like origin of like cureness, it just won't work. So no you'll synonyms? Have to say, you, you'll have to say something like, this now caused magnetism, right? Mm -hmm. And that's it. And that's it. That that that's the title. This causes magnetism. Huh. Okay. Or if they update it really quickly, they could change the algorithm where they correlate vaccine to magnetism, so they'll ban the word magnetism. Got so it. then you'll have to say Magneto. this turned me into a mutant. Word. And that's the title. Very okay. Got it. Got it. But hey, at, at least we learned and, and now uh, we'll be a bit more careful out there. So shout out to all the YouTube viewers. Don't There's forget to hit a to like. Be, it's funny because we've been doing these COVID updates for the past year. Year because it makes good content. But and Trump been, is gone. Like, so, you know. Yeah. And I've been like passing all these videos because we've been doing like 15 minute videos nowadays because some of the times like the topics we talk about are very important and interesting. And right. they never say anything about anything. Of course it's not. Only when you say the nonsense, which, as I said, the AI is aware what's nonsense to say vax equals magnet. That's when they jump on I get you. It. I get that's it. That's when they pull the sword out. To be fair, 
we weren't talking about the nonsense. We were making fun of the nonsense from from anti-vaxxers. There... I was just joking along and going along with it because it's that ridiculous. It's called satire, Bastion. You know about satire. We all know satire. We love the Chappelle show. It's all satire. South Park, Boondocks. It's satire. Saturday Night Live when it has its funny sketches here and there. Mad TV. AI doesn't know what satire is. Imagine But the AI a knows robot. racism. You you could teach the AI racism. Right. Yeah. You can't teach them yeah. satire though? No. That's effed up. No, that's effed up. You can't. That's racist within itself. You probably can teach a satire, but it will have to like form a different language for it. Right? You'll be like ha 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 or something like that in order for it to convey uh a type of I don't know distance see? or something see this is why we need critical race theory you see this that was a joke we st- <laughs> that was a joke <laughs> i thought you were gonna like put it on the docket for us to discuss no bastion. i didn't look into it bastion i'm gonna be completely honest with you i've been seeing critical i've been seeing critical race theory being discussed online on on twitter for at least a month right and i see guys like mark lamont hill bring on conservatives talking about and trying to explain they want he wants them to explain what critical race theory is and and why they're so against it and i've seen a lot of conservatives just you know talking against critical race theories banning critical race theories in certain states like florida which again way to go florida but all that to say bastion i thought i was one of the only ones that didn't know that had no clue or had no idea what critical race theory initially is or was or how long it's been around. And so when I asked you the other day or last week, I was like, hey, do you want to talk about critical race theory? And you were like, what the hell is critical race theory? I was so happy because it was one of those moments where we were on the same page. And I love that because I legit thought that I was the only one that just didn't know what the hell it is. To say that it was taught in school, it's like, all right, my school did not teach that. What, what is CRT? <laughs> right. So critical race theory from what I've been seeing now. Hold on. Let me find, let me find what I sent you real quick. Critical race theory is, yeah. is um, it, it teaches that racism is a social construct embedded in our systems and not just the product of individual biases and prejudice prejudices. So basically it's critical race theory is supposed to teach us the, the social construct that is racism, the, the systematic oppression of the systematic workings of racism. That's what critical race theories is. And they're supposed to teach it. They want to teach it in schools, but, and, um, and, and a lot of conservatives don't, want critical race theory to be taught in schools but here's the thing it was never taught in school to begin with well for the majority of schools critical race theory has was something that was never taught in the majority of schools anyways so the fact that so the argument is the fact that conservatives some conservative states like florida are banning it is it's still there there's no real reason to because it was never taught in the first place um they want it to be added to the curriculum for the U.S. in general. I, I find it how these are mostly conservative talk points 
about limiting the certain discussions mm-hmm. when they feel like they're limited all the time. Talking about like when Trump got banned and said they're it's freedom of speech. You're limiting him. It's like, well, we could have discussions about critical race theory, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't that freedom of speech? Are you upset of it because it's it goes against everything that you feel is American? Let's just bring it up. I think um, uh, what is it? The sixteen nineteen, yes, uh, New York Times, yes, was definitely part of the conversation of in the, in the early on, uh, because of how Trump discussed it, and it's like, and you also have to remember what Trump did during his last year by removing certain programs talking about like racism in the workplace, right? And you got to think about how there are certain um, remember in certain states where they're trying to ban the the term slavery in like textbooks um they're trying that, to... that wasn't real i thought i looked real? into that wait I that wasn't deep, real really i looked deep into that it okay was in texas right it was in words, texas but it's not like they're going out the way to ban it though they were going out their way to ignore it that textbook was going out their way to ignore it okay okay i looked into it it, it kind of like blew up to the point where it's like this is what they're trying to do it's like it's not they are there there is a day that are doing that but they don't have the love, enough pull, you know. Oh, a little okay. Bit of fluff. That's well. That's good. Well, the reason why I thought it was real because once it said Texas, I was like, it okay, happened. yeah, it it happened. We shouldn't ignore it, and we should stop it before it spreads, like COVID. So, <laughs> right. Or the power grid's messing up again, like it is already because it's getting hot. <laughs> you heard? You heard about that too? Yeah, there was blackouts in Texas. Like oh, I, I, I watch streamers on Twitch and most Texas Twitch streamers. streamers. Yeah, they they live in Texas, so really? there, there's a couple block on um, blackouts, and it's like, yeah, I, I kind of figured because they they are going through what we call a typical New York City summer, where we'll get a message from the mayor saying we should be more conservative with our AC, and we just like AC know. fan all that stuff. Absolutely not. If if it's hot, turn on the AC because heat stroke is is not is, is a scary thing, and we don't want that. In heat New stroke City. dehydration is real. That's why I always Drink say water. stay hydrated, man. Stay hydrated. It is not a game out here. Okay, New York is known for its humidity when it comes to this summertime. It's going to be a long summer, so yeah. remember stay hydrated. Um, you but know, but the heat in New York isn't like three weeks of straight heat. It could be like a whole week, and then it's just like, all right. Yeah. like Within the next couple of days. Yeah, like three days. Remember, it was like 90-some degrees, and then it just dropped to 60. It was, it was bad. It You're was about, weird. It was painful. Mm-hmm. But I, I have a fan behind me, and I haven't used it in the past like six days. But during those days that you were talking about, it was hot, and this fan could not save me. Hell no. Was your room sweating? AC. Huh? Was your room sweating? Yeah, definitely. And I had to put my AC up because I usually wait to like late, late, um, like late June or early July to put my AC up. But yeah, nah, I had to put it up. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Bro. It's gonna be a hot summer, man. I'm I'm definitely excited for this summer. Past this past Sunday, we had the Puerto Rican parade over in Bushwick. That was nice. Shout out to all the Puerto Ricans that decided not to leave New York for upstate. Or Pennsylvania. It's good to see y'all still here. It's good to see y'all still strong out here. Because you remember when, like, back in the day, like, 2000s bashing where, like, 
Puerto Ricans to me seem like the the predominant Latinos around New York, and then I don't know, just Dominicans you just mean pop. Latinx? Or I'm sorry, you're right, Latinx, predominant Latinx around New York, and then I don't know what happened. Just Dominicans came and just ran out Puerto Ricans. I don't know. That's just that's my observation. I I still have my theory reading up on like early early days of hip hop how. Puerto Ricans play such a big uh, part of it. That's not a theory, man. That's real. Yes. No, no, no. My theory is like why they left. Oh, why do you think that's they not left? a theory? I know it's important. A lot mm-hmm. of black com- uh, Puerto Ricans in the, uh, in the early days of New York City, and they're still around. Hell it's yeah. like, why did they distance themselves from hip hop? That's what I want to know. Mm. <laughs> that's a good question. Why do you think they did? I want to hear your theory. I, no, I, I just don't know. Okay. It, it just uh, they just disappeared. Yeah, man. Hip-hop. Y'all started yeah. with the bra- y'all helped out with breakdancing and all that. So that's what I mean. The graffiti, like that, yeah. those are very important staples of hip hop. Mm-hmm. But you just up and left at the same time. It, right. it was very strange. Exactly. Just reading that textbook is like, yo, what happened to Puerto Ricans and hip hop? Hey, we saw the get down. Exactly. Books is Puerto the, Rican. The, the get down, get the get down. Is still one of my favorite TV shows, but. I don't know. This is what happens when you burn through an expensive budget. You should have like used less money. Yeah. And still would have got season two. Anyways, yeah, that, that that's something I just wanted to like lightly talk on. But um, let's talk about what is happening this Saturday. Oh, this Saturday, your, your favorite holiday that you've been pushing. And it's, it's not popular in New York. No, it's not. It 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 got popular last year. I say maybe two years ago because. Back in college, you always brought it up, too. Hell yeah, I brought up Juneteenth, bro. And it kept going over my head because Juneteenth was not taught in school because, you know, they didn't teach critical race theory in yeah, school. So they why didn't... would they teach uh, Juneteenth yeah, in Bastion. our Queens public high schools? I, we've always had this conversation of our upbringing in, in schooling, especially like elementary and all that stuff, was completely different because I remember talking to you about Oh, yo, you know about the Black National Anthem, right? And you were like, wait, what the? There's a Black National Anthem? I'm like, yeah, bro. We we used to sing that during every auditorium. We had um, Pledge of Allegiance, all that stuff. We had we sung the Black National Anthem. So growing up, there was, you know, just a lot of... we. I had a lot of black teachers growing up, specifically women. And they always incorporated just some blackness into our teaching so that's why i knew about juneteenth and the black national anthem and we talked about the the martin luther king cartoon where he gets shot at the end and it pitches black that's why i knew about all that stuff is because they always instill some sort of blackness in our educational system that's not like fun. So let the people know Juneteenth. The, Juneteenth, those that are aware. baby. That's right. Saturday, Juneteenth is here. Um, for those of you who do not know what Juneteenth is, Juneteenth is is basically the Fourth of July, Independence Day, but for Black people because 1863, of course, the Emancipation Proclamation signed by Abraham Lincoln. However, which uh, thus frees the slaves. However, comma um, due to you know, lack of technology back then. Um, not every, not everyone in the South knew this. Okay, and to for those some, so for some of those I like slave how you masters, the term lack of technology, lack of tech, like, the, like they knew they could, that they had lack of technology. It's like it's a hindsight thing. Yeah. Well, I'm <laughs> saying this now in 2021 because I knew that 
um, I was able to no longer wear masks within the minute it happened because of Twitter, right? Okay. We, we didn't okay. have Twitter back then, Bastion. So it took a couple of years for everyone in the South to know that they're finally free. And the last, the last state to know really was, Bastion, can you guess the state? Florida. No. Good guess. Mississippi. Alabama. Texas again. Oh. Yeah. So so that, in Texas. Texas? Texas. Hmm. I'd look at my geographical map one more time. But yeah, around like when nice it's on Texas. But yeah. yeah. Okay. So so the Union soldiers went to Texas and you know, they let some of the last slaves know in 1865 June 19th, 1865 that they were they were free to go and thus, you know, 2 years later 1867 started the American Reconstruction period. So, yeah, it's one so um Juneteenth is one of the oldest um holidays celebrated it was predominantly celebrated in the south you know northerners didn't really celebrate juneteenth like that because we were already free back in in the north you know what i'm saying we were we the were north free. yeah we were freer then but yeah ever since i'd say like two years ago especially last year with the whole george floyd incident and all that stuff there's been a resurgence of blackness and I appreciated that. And so now that Juneteenth this year is going to be on a Saturday, there's a lot of festivities happening this time around. I know that there's a lot of celebrations going on in Prospect Park. Um, this is what I personally do for Juneteenth. This is just me. And I'm somewhat joking, but I'm not joking, but I'm, I'm being real. What I do is um, it's an all black day. I do everything black. I eat at black spots. Um, I hang out with black people. I don't encounter any white people that day. That's just me. I'm basically Dr. Umar, but for a day. That's just me. For a day. For the day. You know, I had a friend ask, like, hey, do you want to hang out? Uh, do you want to hang out Saturday? I'm like, no, I'm sorry. I'm not doing any white people today. that day. You know, just... No disrespect. It's just it's just a black. It's for us. This is a fubu day. It's for so, us by us. So well, well, let's talk about why I brought up Juneteenth. One, yeah, the holidays coming Saturday too. It it passed the Congress. It has passed the Congress. They're passed trying the to make this yeah, pass the Senate. They're trying to make it into now a federal holiday. Um, which and why is that a problem? I didn't say it was a. I didn't say it was a problem. Oh no. No, I didn't say it was a problem. Oh, I think it's a problem. Please tell me why why it's a problem. I know, you sent me something that I agreed with. Um, the same way how Labor Day is a problem in the United States. Yes, and but see, I this is what I think, right? If Congress wants to take this all the way, they would make it where all black people get the day off that day. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know. That's just me. This is Giovanni saying this. If you really want to do something special, all black people get that day off. Like how I always say for Labor Day, if you're Caribbean, West Indian, you should have the day off off GP, general principle. Because white people, we don't know what y'all do on Labor Day. Y'all don't do anything, Every to my knowledge. Everybody on Labor Day around the world does take the day off. We just do it differently. That's yeah. why I kind of brought it up as an example. Right. And the listeners, you, you should know that as well. 
you probably worked all your labor days. You Hell know, yeah. To, you, you worked that labor day. You didn't think you didn't even know other people in other countries took it off until you watched it online. You saw like the parades in South, like you probably saw like a whole parade in Colombia, and everybody took the day off. And you're like, what? <laughs> the whole country? It's like, yeah. And it, it's Labor Day. Yeah, yeah but you know, Caribbean, Labor Day started in the United States, right? Has it? It started in the United States, right? I don't no? know. Has it? I, okay. Hey, I don't know. I'm just saying, like most labor strike, like most labor laws started in the United States, and we just don't do any of them. I know about the West Indian Labor Day parade. That's what I know. And that's what I celebrate as a first generation Caribbean American. That's what I do. As far as like the whole Labor Day, the actual day. I'm going to keep it real, Bastion. I don't really know much about it. That's embarrassing. Come on, bro. I know it's, it is. It, it's literally international. What, what, what do you mean? Like, you just understood the parkway and that's it? I understood the parkway. And this is why we have to teach critical race theory in schools. <laughs> Not enough teaching it, black history. All about black world history. Come on, bro. <laughs> you're absolutely right, though. We do have lack of world history. I think we oh, could both agree on our schools did not teach us anything about world history. One hundred percent. I mean, and we had global have... history, but we didn't have like global history in Western sense of perspective. It is not is not global history. It's just uh, how to perform well on this multiple choice exam, and you have one hour and thirty minutes to do it. Go. That is true. Yeah, facts, facts. You just but also when you did global history, you learned about like. Ancient Egypt, the Ottoman Empire, um, Japan, the shoguns. Nothing they like teach you. Hey, yeah, they sh they taught no, me that. They went over it. They ain't teach it to you. They went over it. Talking <laughs> about it for three days and doing a small homework is not teaching. Teaching is a month worth of content, content of of knowledge. <laughs> but Bastion, it's about the test. We have to learn this for the test. And I prom and I this is something and I'm pretty sure we took the same test. Yeah, I got a ninety four on it. I got a uh you got ninety four? Okay, I yeah. got an eighty nine. Okay, not bad. Um what's important, there's zero. Okay, maybe five percent. Five percent ancient history in that in that exam. The world history exam, even though it was a two year, like you had to do two years of world history to right. take it. Yeah. It was mostly the second year. Things from like 1700 to now is what the exam was mostly about. And I was shocked because world history for me first year didn't do anything. Don't remember anything. So when I took the exam and did really well in it, I was like, oh, they ain't talking about anything from last year. Why did I have to take both? Uh, my global history teacher was tight because, you know, she broke it down in a way where, every, where it was palatable for everyone to understand about like conquistadors and all that stuff. And so she would compare it to like the pimps and the hoes, right? And basically the pimps were the one that was the conquistadors and the ho and the reason why we pimping the, the other countries was because we trying to exploit the resources like they do with the hoes. So, so she would do things like that where we were like, damn, this makes sense. So shout out to Miss Harry. Yes. That's a interesting way to yeah. That is exploiting, <laughs> like pimping. That's, pimping has been has, pimping has been around for centuries. I, I'm surprised that you guys didn't understand it the first go, or maybe they, she just wanted you to connect to yeah, it. Yeah, she just wanted us to connect to it immediately. 
right? In day and age, everybody's been exploited. Your parents being exploited currently mm-hmm. the labor force. Yeah. <laughs> that talks about that. But yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. Are you going to do anything for Juneteenth bashing? It's a Saturday, so you get the day off. Um, no, you know, I'm always working. I'm always doing things. Okay. Um, I might hang out with my cousin because he hit me up about it. It's like, all right, let, let's figure something out. But to be honest, no, I never do anything for Juneteenth, and I don't plan on doing anything for Juneteenth. Why, Bashley? You're a black man in America. You know what I'm that Haitian. means? I'm Haitian. I'm Haitian. Oh, you gonna, we going to play that role again? Yeah, every time you bring it up, I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> Black man in America, like black man in America, nah. I, I'm Haitian. My blood boiled different under the sun, bro. Okay, well, <laughs> I would just like to, you know, just say, hey, thanks for trying to make Juneteenth a federal holiday because I remember when a lot of people didn't know about Juneteenth. It wasn't as still don't. recognized, but it is getting recognized a bit more now. Okay, I think that's fair to say. And with that, I am so excited to announce that Black Seinfeld is going to be partnering up with KFC for its own Juneteenth <laughs> fried chicken meal. Okay, this this comes with a, a bucket of chicken, some taters, some greens, some biscuits, mac and cheese, of course, and a big sweet tea only at KFC, the Juneteenth chicken meal. And the side of brisket. Brisket too. Nah. You ever had you ever had a brisket from KFC? No. Ew. Dude, I didn't know what a brisket was. And this is like this is high school. Okay. Remember, I come from a vegetarian background. Right. So when they say Sebastian, they're like brisket, you should order it. I, I have no idea what that is. It's just barbecue sauce. I love barbecue sauce, right? This is like, you know, baby's first step into eating like chicken. Barbecue chicken is the best thing ever. Yes. So I was like, all right, brisket. KFC brisket is just like ripped up beef and 20 gallons of barbecue. And they put it on bread. It's like, here you go. I'm taking bites. Like, this is pure sugar. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we are. Yeah, we're going to work with KFC, right? Is that is that the goal? That is that's the goal, man, because you talk about something political and just uh, sidetrack. Yeah. Yeah. Case in point, this is a great way to segue to goddamn Shake Shack. They got me. They got us, Bastion. They got us good, and I didn't expect it, okay? There was this beautiful advertisement going on that was been being shared around Twitter, that, which involved um, three gay men who... Four. Four gay men, senior gay men, right, who talked about the struggles growing up as a, as a gay man. Um, during a time where, you know, being open wasn't looked, wasn't, it was looked down upon a lot, especially in American society back then. And since it's Pride Month, and it since, all, yeah, and it since makes it's, sense. Ex- exactly. It makes 100% sense, right? And I thought, wow, this is such a, like, this, this commercial is giving me feels. This advertisement is giving me feels. I didn't feels. even know it was a commercial. I, I didn't it was think it was TikTok. Same, right? That's why I was saying... That's why I'm saying this now, a commercial, because when I was watching, I just thought it was just something something nice and wholesome that we were getting. And then all of a sudden, MFers were in front of the damn Shake Shack promoting the, the Pride Shake. So every, so every month, Shake Shack has like a specialty 
milkshake that they come out with. And this isn't the first time, by the way, that Shake Shack came out with a pride shake. They've done one like every June. But this particular June was a bit different because they, they switched up their pride shake. And I did have the pride shake prior to this commercial even peeing out bashing. First off, just got to say this. It's absolutely delicious. Loved it. Um, there was there's a lot of fruit puree, like passion fruit and strawberries and and blueberries. It was delicious. Mangoes. It was good. It was it was beautiful. But I didn't want to see this. I didn't. I I felt tricked. I felt used. I felt marketed towards, and I didn't like it. Hey, that's just called good marketing, good business tactics, yes. right? As a marketer, like, how do you feel about it? Oh no, it's it's awful. It falls into once I understood the concept of like the got milk commercials and how nonsensical it is. Yeah. It, it it kind of felt like that. It's like this is enjoyable. Oh wait, there's a twist to it. What is this? You yeah, know, that, that's how I felt. Like I said, it was great, and I just it was trending for a reason because the first half was beautiful. It was cute. It was adorable. It was it was just great. Like you you felt what they were talking about, especially right. in the month. It's Pride Month. It's like be yourself. This is beautiful. And it falls into something where corporations will have to attach themselves with the situation right mm -hmm. they have to be part of something because they have to show they're showing solidarity with that thing but only for a small brief moment mm -hmm. they can't do it all year round true but only for a small brief moment and for them to do shake shacks like oh okay we're partnering we're gonna partner up with shake shack great they are using some of those proceeds from that from that milkshake to to charity which you know i fine cool why why are they using the proceeds for charity why can't they write themselves a check hmm hmm shake shack you couldn't write a check you gotta separate a budget your accountant say what we could do we could make this drink it's low cost we're gonna price it out the same and we're gonna use 60 percent of that proceeding in order to to donate right hmm hmm i guess that's how it works yo it always works like that they give you a cheap drink that you say was taste delicious. It did. Because they put a little puree in it. What's it was, puree? It was very fruity. No What's pun puree? Intended. Fruit puree. You know that. What means, is it? It's it's like it's they they it's 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 um concentrate. It's sugar and concentrate. That's all it it's is. It's puree, dog. <laughs> it's sugar and concentrate. They put sugar and water together, feed it to you in the meal, and it says delicious. Man, that cost them twenty cents for a drink to make. They sell it to you for four ninety nine. What's the profit margin of that? Right, yeah, 90, like ninety three percent. So they could just keep like half of that and just say we're going to donate the proceedings to dress right off at the end of the year, so we can pay less taxes. Business. That's how we do it, Geo. When we get that LLC, right? <laughs> so, so when we get big, can we come out with our own like Juneteenth Absolute, meal? No. Come on, think Based about it. Let's on GP, up with Popeyes. On GP, they're going to bring up these old videos like, oh, Sebastian was against it. Now he's doing it, you know. Well, hey, we said we we're going to sell out. To an extent. You know, sell for the check, but don't sell for the brand. 
Okay, what if it was Popeyes though, and they said you get to make your own chicken sandwich? I, I, I will not do that. I don't know. I always thought the Louisiana lady was racist. No, the the whole present was just disturbing. I don't know. I just never you liked. You it. didn't like the Louisiana lady. I I, I understood where she's coming from Same. and where the commercials are coming from. She kind of felt mammy-ish, to be honest. Yeah, that that's the only issue. But like those are relatively like just the idea of like how most people are in the South act, right? Talk, accent wise. Mm-hmm. But it's like to present it on a commercial. It's like, we got the best. And it's like, or, yeah, I know your history, Popeyes. It ain't that great. But. Facts. You know, you expect, I don't know, it feels like when you when I watched that commercial, you'd go to a Popeyes and you'd expect like just like black women making this chicken. But like, it's just, it's just brown people at this point just running Popeyes. I don't know if you've oh, noticed yeah. that. No, I noticed that. Dude, I'm from Queens. Right. Okay. Queens, New York. Okay. You know, it's all about who owns because they're all yeah, franchises. Franchise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. It's it's the same. It's it's very interesting. Like yeah. same thing with Dunkin' Donuts too. Dunkin' Donuts too, definitely Dunkin' Donuts and Subways. Subways, yeah. Mhm. I don't know. Probably if if we ever get money like that, Bastion, I might open up some franchises, put them in some some white neighborhoods. Not open a franchise. Yeah. Do you know how to open a franchise? I know how to open up a, a Five Guys one. Okay, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other ones, no, I, I don't know. But I'm sure you just need money and like. I don't even. Yeah, you don't even have to upfront just upfront costs. Yeah, you don't even have to train to open up a franchise if you don't. You know, if you don't want to, you can. No, you do. You can. Yeah, yeah. You, can. you have to follow like the rule books. Right, right, right. Just you know, just hire the the GM, um, team members. You good. You guys. Yeah. So should we get into the first song of the week, Bash? Yes, sir. All right. First song of the week. It was Tupac's birthday. I mean, I'm still counting today as the 16th, although it's the 17th. It's Tupac's 50th birthday, man. Uh, damn, bro. 25 years since Tupac was gone. He was going to be 50 today. He was gone too soon, bro. This is one of my favorite tracks. Picture me rolling. Huh? We'll be right back with more Black Seinfeld, show about nothing. When we come back, I'm going to talk about some movies that I saw. Particular, One particular, you know, Bastion's, Bastion's guy, Lin-Manuel Miranda, came out with In the Heights. So I went to go see that. It was it was hey, on yo, one of my bucket lists. It was on one of my lists. So we're going to talk about that right after we hear some Tupac. Picture me rolling. Picture me rolling, crossing the beers on the rings that isn't stolen. 
my dreams are sensing, my hopes are born. I'm like a fiend, it finally seems on this dope is gone. My nerves are sweat, heart beating in my head, swollen. Thinking of the G's I'll be holding. Picture me rolling. Can you see me now? <laughs> Move to the side a little bit so you can get a clear picture. Can you see it? <laughs> picture me rolling. <laughs>
yourself out this Anytime y'all want to see me again, rewind this track right here, close your eyes, and picture me rolling. Picture me rolling, Tupac. Once again, I don't condone that OJ line. He didn't know better. No one did. Oh, man. I forgot he said that, too, by the way. I forgot about that. Oh, man. But, yes, RIP again to Tupac. I remember 2016, I took a summer class, right? It was a writing intensive class. It was writing because I think that was um, that was a requirement in order for me to graduate. I think it was like writing 3.0 something. I don't know if you've had that class, Bastion. Writing? No, no I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. I still had the pink slip. Remember when we first started out and they gave you like the pink slip of, of courses that you had to take? Yeah, what is it now? Um, I don't know what they gave them, but we were like the first. We were like the last class to to like yeah. graduate off of that um, requirement. So I still because I remember like you could make that transition back then to 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 take the different uh, general requirements, but I just stuck with the um, with the pink stuff because I was almost done. So yeah, I think this was like 2016 summertime. And I took that summer class. It was a writing intensive. It was writing. And it was... Pathways. Huh? Pathways. The new, the yeah. new one is Pathways. There yeah. you go. Yeah. So we had that option to choose Pathways, but no, I just stuck to the to the old one. And so writing 301 or whatever it was called. Yeah. This was during summertime. This was only for the month of June. So it's like four weeks. And after that, I get to enjoy the rest of my summer. And... The professor was cool because he was like, you know, this writing intense, this writing class, you have to write uh, 12 pages on a person or event. And you had to make an argument about the event or the person, whether you are pro or against. Right. And I was like, OK, cool. And he said, you could do it on anything you want, any person you want. So I said, you know what? I'm going to do it on Tupac. Right. Because mm-hmm. I didn't really know much about Tupac except for my brother really enjoyed Tupac and California Love. That was it. So I spent those four weeks just ingrained in in just Tupac stuff. So I watched all the documentaries. I read books. Um, I listened to all of his albums. I watched movies. Like I watched um, I watched Juice, Above the Rim gridlocked uh, poetic justice i watched all that stuff while in class meanwhile everyone else was like doing real research they they were having books out and all that stuff and low-key like people were like yo we're kind of jealous that you chose this because you're just in here just listening to records all day (laughs) and just watching movies and stuff and so yeah you should have chose something interesting not boring yeah (laughs) and so um uh, once the professor found out that I was doing a, a paper on Tupac, he was like, you know, I told my son about, about your paper or whatnot, and he's really excited to to read this paper. And so he would like, he would consistently rush me to make, to meet the deadlines. But me being me, I just did the, I, I finished the deadlines on the day of. But yeah, yeah man, I got an A on that, on that paper and you know, I learned a lot about him, um, not just as like the musician, but as like the person and the activist that he was too. 
And hell, he was the reason why I got my nose pierced too. Like that was the initial reason. I was like, you know what? I'm going all in on this. I'm like Shia LaBeouf with this. I'm method acting right now. Method researching this role right here. So yeah, man. And then I wrote him like a letter too, because he, he low key like helped me out when I was going through some stuff, listening to his music and all that stuff and learning about the person. So yeah, RIP Tupac, gone but never forgotten. He's in my top five. Number one is Tupac. Number two is Jay. Number three is Kanye. Number four, Kendrick. And number five is Method Man. That has not changed for a long time now. That's cool. That's yeah. tight. Yeah. I don't know. Next time I'll make a Kanye paper, that'll be interesting. That'll be 20 pages. Yeah. I think when I took a history of hip hop, I took, uh, I wrote a paper about um, Jet Electronica. Okay. And the influence of Dacian Islam in hip hop culture. Yeah. Oh, you took history of hip hop too. I did too, man. It was, that was yeah. a great class. And you know what was funny? Um, I remember this was right when Trump got elected as president, right? So I came in. And I was blasting FTD by YG in the class. I was rolling that into class, blasting it, right? The professor was laughing. Everyone in the class was laughing. That was a good memory I had. And we were listening to, I remember we had, we like watched Boondocks in class one time because we were watching the, the BET episode. Um, and then we were watching videos, music videos. That was pretty tight. I remember watching the Far Side video, Passing Me By. Um. Yeah, yeah. History of hip hop was cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Professor White from your college. Word. Shouts out to Professor White, man. And now let's get into some some entertainment news, Bastion. Um, y'all know that I am a big fan of movies, and since movies have movie theaters have been open once again, I've been going non-stop and it has been great bashing because you know people like you are scared to go out so i pretty much had the movie theaters to myself so you know i still do what i do hop around a different theater to theater seeing what i want to see and so one of the movies i was told to go see was lynn man miranda's in the heights for those of you who do not know about lynn um lynn lynn manuel miranda uh, he helped create Hamilton, which is one of Bastion's favorite albums back then in 2015. Right, Bastion? It was a good listen. And now he is back with a new musical, a new story called... I in... know. Well, it was based on the play, right? Yeah. Right. But now it's in movie form. Okay. Yeah, best way to put it. Yeah, it, it, now it's in movie form. Uh, in the Heights, which is his love letter, his ode to Washington Heights. And I got to tell you, Bastion, um, I had a bit of an issue. I had some issues in this movie. Wait, um, let's break it down. Let's break it down. So it's a play. Yes. What is it? And it it's music. A, it's a play, but, you know, now they turn it into musical. a movie. But yeah, it's a musical now, essentially. Okay, so let's just go over the basis before you get into the nitty gritty. How was the music? The music, um, some of the music was cool. I'm not gonna lie. the The opening track was fire. Uh, 96k was cool. That's when someone. That's when they found out someone in the neighborhood won the lottery, and they were in the pool. That was nice. 
Um, the salsa number when they were in the salsa club, that was tight. And then everything else I didn't really care about, to be honest. Okay. Okay. And the acting. That was the acting, acting. The acting was cool. I, I enjoyed the acting. Um, the actors, however, um, I didn't like the direction of some of their characters. Um, the, for example, there was this one character, Nina, and her whole story arc is that, you know, she was the she was one of the few that made it out the heights. Right. And she actually goes to, I think, Stanford. Right. But, you know, now that she's home for the summer, she's really happy that she's home. And she keeps singing, singing and talking about it every 10 freaking minutes. And it started irking me to the point where if I, I was like, if she talks about how, how she's home one more second, I think I'm going to like. Well, Stanford is in Cali. So I get it. I listen, Bastion, I get it. But every time we go back to Nina, she's talking about how home she, how, how she's home. Like, I get it though. I get it. But like, it got annoying really quick. But also, I enjoyed Nina's character as well because she talked about, you know, being in California, being the only Latinx representation there, um, being uh, racially profiled. Hey, I, I enjoyed all of that stuff, how she feels not Latinx enough. She sort of feels like this sellout because she's there with all the predominant and dominant society. I like that stuff. There's Benny, who's played by... Dr. Dre from from Straight Outta Compton. I don't know his real name, but I just know him as Dr. Dre from Straight Outta Compton. And, and he was also in 24 remake. Not remake, continuation. Yes. And that's that's Nina's love interest, which ironically enough is the only black dude in the movie. We're going to okay, get to that no, later. No. Huh? Okay. <laughs> He's the only black dude in this. And I was... Anyways, he was cool. I didn't know he could sing. Um, Benny's whole thing is, you know, he likes Nina. Um, he works for Nina's um, father who runs like the taxi company. And yeah, that's about it. That's that. Wait. Yeah, that's really about it with Benny. He's just a love interest and he works for her pops. That's it. Um, there's Anthony Ramos, Navi, who's the main character. He owns a bodega. It's kind of racist, but whatever. That's just me. Every freaking Dominican knows it. I mean, whatever. Let's not even get it. Let's not even go there. Navi's whole thing is he's trying to go back to his roots. He's trying to go back home to the Dominican Republic um, to to open up, to reopen. Uh, I think it's like a, a bar restaurant that his father used to have. Both of his parents passed away. So, yeah, that's that's Navi's whole thing. Oh, and he's he's looking after this kid, Sonny, who's basically like his his cousin. Is his name Sonny? I don't remember, but. He's looking after his cousin or whatever. He's he's being a positive male influence on his life because his real pops, Mark Anthony, is a damn drunk. So go figure. <laughs> Navi likes um this girl Vanessa. Vanessa is played by some some lady. I don't know her name, but she fired though. She fire. Vanessa's kind of moody. She she's over dramatic a lot. Like I remember there's one scene in the in the um salsa dancing part where um Vanessa wants Navi to dance and Navi's like hold on wait I'm gonna go in and get get us some drinks or whatever and then Vanessa took it as like this this abandonment like oh Navi you left me by myself and I don't like you anymore and I was just like what <laughs> oh it was a uh, dramatic um dramatic 
like dramatic. Yeah, she was too dramatic. Story. Yeah, she was too damn dramatic for no reason. He said he's coming back and he's getting in, uh, he's getting you a drink. It's like, no, Navi, you left me on the dance floor by myself. I was like, oh, hell, Navi, run, dude, run. She's not worth it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> then there's um, Abuela, um, who basically is like a surrogate mother for for this crew of, of people like Navi and, and the cousin and, and Nina and Benny and all that stuff. So she's like the surrogate. Um, I knew she was going, she was, she was dying. Like they had to have done that in the, in that film. It feels like when you watch those films, like someone's going to die in order to bring the community together. And I knew it was Abuela because she was just so wholesome. So that's nice. Oh, she's from Cuba as well. So that's cool. And then there's the hairdressers. Did they um, make it strange when they said she's from Cuba? No. Okay. <laughs> no, they didn't talk. No, they did not talk about Castro. If that's what you're asking. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah, no. They didn't do any of that. Then there's the hairdressers. Um, this lady runs the salon, and she has two of her peoples with her that are hairdressers. One is uh, Dasha Polacco from Orange Is the New Black, and you know. Oh, they got priced out of their um their salon, so they're moving up to the Grand Concords in the Bronx. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's all the characters. Um, the story so, is. So, so what's the rundown? Like, what, what's going on? Oh, the story. Oh, gentrification. Okay. That's that's the main story. Um, but yeah, the but yeah, the main story arc is you know this this neighborhood is changing. You know, we have all this culture and all that stuff, but, you know, it things are getting bought out and things are, are now changing and people are being forced to move to the Bronx. Um, and and the, also, the story also revolves around, um, like I said, those characters and their their individual story arcs as well. Like Vanessa, she 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 wants to be in like the fashion industry and, you know, she wanted to move down to like West 4th Street and she's trying to like sign off on this apartment but she couldn't um yeah stuff like that bash each each character had their own individual story arc and then it also related to the neighborhood which was washington heights oh yeah lin-manuel um miranda he was he was the icy dude you know the the icy guy that comes around with the trolley with the big brick of ice you know you shave it and then put the flavoring he was that guy um yeah that was it okay so what what did you want to talk about (laughs) i wanted to talk about um this quote-unquote controversy surrounding the film and i was happy that i wasn't the only one who noticed this um the the cast of in the heights a lot of them a lot of them were were um light latinx or or white passing latinx basically bashing they couldn't pass the brown the brown bag test the paper bag test y'all know what i'm talking about with the paper bag test they could pass that test bashing and the reason why there's a lot of controversy surrounding that is the fact that you know washington heights was founded by a lot of afro latinos right a lot of a lot of latinos of african or latinx from african descent right and the only real um, representation of that is, of course, during with the uh, background dancers. Um, 
yeah, basically, you know, just the people dancing, not not much of the main characters. A lot of them could just, you know, pass the paper brown test, the the brown paper bag test. And that was the main thing that I saw in the movie. Everyone was basically quote unquote aesthetically appealing to a wider audience. And it sort of diminished the um more of a, a a broader representation of Washington Heights because bashing you're a Haitian right you're you're natives with the Dominican Republic they're Dominicans as dark as you and I my G and we didn't see that in the film you feel me yeah. we only saw yeah. the the Taino representation of that now they mentioned you know um that that Latinx culture is is a blending of you know uh, Spanish conquistadors and Taino Indians and Africans, but you didn't really get to see that within the characters. The only dark, the darkest one there, except for Benny, was probably Nina. Benny's played by Corey Hawkins. Right. Benny is played by Dr. Dre from Straight Outta Compton, Corey Hawkins. And he was the only black dude, by the way. Like, why is there one black guy in In the Heights? Come on, fam. Come on. <laughs> And so I thought something was wrong with this. But, you know, I, what I like to do after movies is I like to see um, how other people thought of the film. And so when I put in In the Heights, I saw all this controversy surrounding the movie and it was due to the colorism. And so there was this one um, video, I believe it's called The Root, where um, this woman was interviewing John M. Chu, who was the director of In the Heights. And for those of you who are like, oh, that name sounds familiar. He's directed a, a number of movies. He's directed Crazy Rich Asians, but he really got into prominence when he would direct all the damn Step Up movies, if you remember that, Bastion. Gotcha. And so she asked him straight up. She was like, hey, there's a lot of controversy surrounding the film of um, little to no representation of, of Afro-Latinx people in Washington Heights when they, when, you know, they sort of, they made Washington Heights into what it is today. And so, you know, put him right on the spot, Bastion. And um, John M. Chu was, was shaking in his boots. He really didn't, he, he really didn't say much. Um, he said, you know, this is a great conversations to have. Whoop-de-whoop-de-whop. But this is what he said, and, and he shot himself in the foot with this. He was like, you know, we picked... We picked the right the we picked the right people that would be right for the job. Yeah. Mm. I heard that line before. Mm. I was like, right for the uh what? What? <laughs> I I should have she should have asked please elaborate on what right for the job is. Why do you feel like the these people were right for the job? Um yeah, and then he said, um, he said that, you know, so the background dancers weren't enough. I was like, oh, god damn it, John M. Chu. He said that? He said that. Ooh. He said that. And then, you know, she asked the cast to. They didn't yeah. really take to it well as well. Only the only person who, who answered it with class was Nina. Cause she was like, you know, I have, I have families. I have, I have brothers and sisters who are darker than, than I am. Blah, 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 blah. We should have had more of a representation, but we didn't. Hey, so she, she answered it head on. 
Interesting. So I'll probably check out the movie. It is on HBO Max, not yes. just the movie theater. So I'll probably give it a quick look. Yeah, there are songs that you all that you will enjoy. I know that I have. Um, the story in itself, like it's a, it's a fine story. I just find musicals to be corny at times. So, but it it was fine. It wasn't it wasn't a bad movie by any means. Cool. Yeah. All right, so let's get into the music that came out last week. And a lot of albums did come out. A lot of I albums, only, man. I only had time to listen to one. So, Gio, get into it. Okay, so first album is a collaborative album, and it comes to us from Lil Baby and Lil Dirk with their album, The Voice of Heroes. I'm sorry, The Voice of the Heroes. Uh, it is a 18-track album, an hour long, or 59 and 59 minutes and 52 seconds long. And I'm not going to lie, Bastion, Lil Baby and Lil Dirk go together like chocolate and peanut butter. They blend so well together. They have great chemistry on, on these tracks. Um, the reason why I enjoy this project is because they're in and they're out. A lot of these songs aren't the longest, so I appreciate it. And I understand why it's 18 tracks and only an hour long. Um, it's definitely, it's that melodic rap. So if you're not a fan of the melodic rap, you know, this album is not going to be for you. Um, however, for me, I enjoyed it a lot because Lil Baby's been coming into his own as of late. A lot of people are saying Lil Baby is the rapper to watch for this decade. And of course, Lil Dirk has been around since like 2012, 2013 with uh, Chief Keef, OTF, all that stuff. But now, you know, Lil Durk, he, um, he's found a way to reach that next level, you know, where he's he he's a lot more, he's more of a prominent figure now. He's, he's no longer, um, to me at least, he's no longer underground or, you know, he, he's more in a more of a, a mainstream light. And uh this track this album i i don't hate it man there's a lot of there's some songs i don't like like up in the side with young thug um still running with meek mill was okay you have a travis scott um collab as well um and that's enough that's that's all there is as far as collabs go but i'd say this is one of this is a good album it's palatable um it gets in and out really quick. Uh, and, and yeah, you have trap bangers. You have drill bangers. And yeah, that's about it. it, it it's, it's serviceable. I'm not mad at it. It's a fun listen. It's good for the summer as well. You need to listen to a lot of this stuff for the, um, for the clubs. So I feel like, you know, now that things are opening up, and the rappers are off a of clubhouse. They're making more things for for festivals and for club listens now. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, cool. I'll mm -hmm. take a look. Yeah, take a listen to it. You're not going to be disappointed at all. It's not going to be a snooze fest. It's actually, it's actually like Lil Baby, good rapper. Like Lil Baby is fire. He he's a he's a freaking wordsmith. That Lil Baby, and then. Lil Dirk, he's a great harmonizer. He's he's a great melodic rapper. He's a good singer, if I would call him a singer, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're good. They're good at what they do, honestly. 
I guess it's because I'm getting older too. I don't hate as much stuff anymore. No, you you will. It's not about hate; it's about just completely ignoring and yeah. listening to them. I guess you're right. Then you have emotional oranges with the juice box. Emotional oranges, R&B group from from Cali. And the reason why I came into knowing the emotional oranges was because Rory from the JBP. He would he's actually their manager, and so you know when they were on the Joe when he was on the Joe Budden podcast, he would always you know play some of their music. And I remember like 2018, he played like some some tracks called Emotional, and a lot of the first initial tracks that we heard, it was it it, it was fire. I'm not gonna lie, it's that it's the that kind of music where you would love to listen to on your ride home or or your way going outside, like just hanging out with friends. Um, and they came out finally with their debut album called The Juice Box, and The Juice Box has collabs on every track from Sinel Trace. Um, Becky G, Finn Staples, They, Child, one of my favorites, Child. And not going to lie, um, it wasn't that great to me. I, I didn't I didn't like the the collabs on him. The collabs felt short. Um, a lot of the tracks weren't memorable. Um, I didn't like the grooves on any of them. It was not as groovy as their first tracks in 2018. Um, I would have loved to just hear some tracks that they came up with by themselves rather than all these collabs. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't like my favorite. EP. Oh. Is it? I mean, it's eight songs. Oh, all their music is, all their albums are pretty much eight. But yeah, the juice the part one and part two. Those are those are definitely EPs. Good to know. Yeah. All right, so I'll probably check it out as well. Yeah, check it out. It's it's not one of my favorites, to be honest. All right. All right, let's, let's get into the conversation you've been wanting to have for the past two weeks. The Migos are back, baby. It's been three years since Culture Two. That huge letdown of an album that 20 track over an hour long album and it was horrible it sucked bastion it was god awful mm -hmm. and in these three years bastion i'm not gonna lie it felt weird not hearing amigos record nothing not at all i mean you had you've had their solo projects come out you know huncho jack you've had take off with his album you had offset with father of four so you know they were very busy doing other ventures and also coming together when you know they had their little um solo projects you know you'd hear you'd probably have like offset featuring quavo and and takeoff and vice versa but you didn't have a migos record right and now they're back they're back finally and for a while they've been te we've been teased with records and videos of music on the way. One of the first leaks I saw was the um, Modern Day, which what I called it like three months ago, Modern Day Stroll. And and I think I shared that video with you where, where Offset had like a killer ass verse. And it seemed like the Migos were, were preparing for, for some trap, some outside music, some 
some some bangers to throw that ass in a circle in the clubs and I was here for it and I was ready for it and then the culture 3 came out and it was here and it's finally here Bastion Bastion what is your take how do you feel about it go oh uh, my take I probably need a couple more listens to it it is a bit too long for me but I can say Avalanche is the best way to start the album. It brought me in nice. It brought me in smooth. I was able to just relax into it. It wasn't heavy trap music like most albums would like to start with. It kind of turns you off pretty quickly because the first three tracks would sound the same. But going from Avalanche to the rest of the album, it's like, oh, all right. These guys wanted to do something a little bit different with production. Just a little bit different. Not not they you know, try, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but they are taking a different pace, and then it kind of sprinkles throughout their like their old style when they're you know talking tough to each other or the ad libs are coming out like after each bar. Momo. So yeah, those things. So in total, it's like all right, I I see where they're going with this, and as you listen to the album, you do hear different songs, a little bit memorable than the next. But by the time like I got to maybe Jane, it kind of all like kind of crashed into each other. Maybe I was just like burnt out by then. So what I might do is just like you know make my like a, my own playlist of my favorite songs and just turn that into an album. But I could say like the first six album, the first six songs, great way to start. One hundred. And, and I do like how it ended as well. So yeah, I agree with you there. Um, like. Like you were saying, Avalanche, great way to open up. Then having Our Way featuring Drake, great banger. And then we already heard Straightening. Straightening's a good track. Um, Type-ish, Cardi B, Malibu, Polo G. Um, Birthday was cool. Modern Day, one of my favorite tracks. And then when we got to, let's see, that was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. So the first eight tracks I thought were solid. And then we got to to Picasso with Future, and that's when I felt like, okay, this was starting to drag a bit. Um, what made the first culture so great was because of how short it was. It was and it was a bit more concise, and and because of how short and how concise it is, it's regarded as like a classic of of the past decade. And I think it made like my top fifty too, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. Um, I'll say this right now. It's 100% better than culture two. I'll give like, that's not even a debate. Right. Um, I think culture, culture two had a lot of great singles. Yes. Alva as a whole was very, uh, bland. It was bland and it was just a chore to get through too. It was such a chore to just get through. This one right here, they started off with just banger after banger, um, track after track that you can just, you can just envision yourself in a club and an outer outside area blasting these tracks, and this goes back to um, our initial conversation beginning of the year, Bastion, of where music where music is gonna go this year. I think that since things are opening up again. You're gonna hear a lot more music that's that's for an uh, for an outside sort of experience again for festivals, for clubs, 
They actually uh, said this about a couple albums last year as well. It's like some songs just sound are supposed to sound better in uh in the room. Yeah. With, with people. Exactly. And Migos is definitely that Migos definitely comes into mind when I wanna hear music outside with people, around people, in a party, in a festival, in a club. Migos is definitely that musical act that I wanna hear in that environment. Right? And so like I said, the first eight tracks, solid. But then when you get into the middle and then you got like Justin Bieber in there and it, it gets it gets a bit chorish to get through. But then it finishes strong at the ending. To me. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. So if they cut this album in half, it will be pretty good. Oh, absolutely. They have to stop it with this damn 19-track albums and stuff, man, and just make it concise. If it was like 10 tracks, bruh, we would probably, we would debate whether we liked Culture 1 or Culture 3 more, in my opinion, if they would have just cut it down, 8 tracks. So I like to blame, like, Coach K for this. <laughs> Because everything uh, like revolves around him, so he should say it's like, "Yeah, we're going to cut it down, right?" Mm-hmm. We're talking about music, and I'm not gonna lie. It's like if you listen to music in the early 2000s, just to kind of have like a premise, those albums ran long as well. Yes, they did. But but I'm positive if you and for for us like to look back, like, oh, we love this album. It's mad long. It's great. But if you talk to those people when the album came out. They always say the same thing. Oh, the album runs mad long. Maybe they had more time because we don't have like this digital age where we could just halfway through an album, we could just stop and listen to another one. Back then, you had a CD record player, so you had to listen to that album like maybe for like weeks before you're switching it out. But it still had the same problem as back then. But if we kind of like just following like the Kanye route just for the conversation's sake, mm-hmm. like late registration is a really long album, but when you get to graduation, it's cut short. Then when you get to like eight oh eight, very short. Ease, um, not easy. Uh, yeah, Ease, it's short. These are all short albums in terms of it's less than fifty minutes. Mm-hmm. This is exactly where Migos should be. Yes, it's fine that you did that for Culture Two. It should never happen, but you did it. Great. Now we're you know you're not. T- it's not time for jazz in in the sense of you're too old for it, but it's like it's time for shorter projects. Yeah, I I definitely one hundred percent agree with you. Um, especially because, you know, when it comes to like trap music, drill music, I think it works best in small doses, right? I think it works best in at least 40 minutes tops. I don't want to hear anything past that. I, I want think to- that's why Kodak Black's album worked out pretty well. Yes. Even his EP. Happy birthday, Kodak. Loved it. Loved yeah. it. Yeah. Kodak might, you know what, Bastion? Kodak might make my top 10 this year. <laughs> he might, man. I still bump Haitian boy Kodak. It's awesome. Trap music isn't designed for uh, long projects from one it's, artist. It's not. I don't want to hear an hour-long trap project. Like it just doesn't, it just doesn't do it for me, right? And I think the reason why I really enjoyed um the the judas and the black messiah album is because 
it just wasn't it wasn't one genre of it wasn't one genre of music so it didn't give me only drill it gave me hip-hop it gave me r&b and then it gave me drill it was a it was a variety and it was a, done by a slew of of but you know like dj Khaled's album hmm? no it sucked ass and you know it <laughs> Well, Black Panther's album is another one. Yeah, that Black had, Panther. like sprinkles of what it needs, like sprinkle of this, sprinkle of that. Exactly. It wasn't overwhelmed with one subject. Exactly. And guess what? Judas and the Black Messiah, it's like 20 records long and it's over an hour. But it's yeah. still good because they break up different tracks, they break up different sounds, and they give that to you in a in a good package. But when you just give me one one genre of music, especially something like trap and all that stuff. For me, at least, for my taste, I get tired of it pretty quickly because, A, I'm not in the environment where I can, like, fully enjoy it. I'm not around people. I'm still inside. I'm still going to work at the end of the day. I'm still, when I listen to this stuff, like, I, I do go outside, but, like, I'm not I'm not interacting with that many people. I'm not interacting with people in a in a party sense. I'm just, you know, walking past people trying to get to what I'm trying to get to. Um, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, man, it's just, I just need to be in the environment where I will enjoy it a lot more. But because I don't do it that much, I need smaller doses of it. Same with drill music. Love drill music, but especially Brooklyn drill music, right? But there's a lack of variety in it and when it comes to the beats and stuff, to me at least. Um, and that's why people enjoyed Pop Smoke was because he started to branch out from the drill stuff. He would still throw it in there every now and again but you know he started experimenting and playing with different sounds and stuff that's why you have records like enjoy yourself which is one of my favorite records still and that's still like one of my favorite songs for the summertime featuring burn the boy though not that punk ass carol g that's just me though hilarious <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um out of out of 10 i give it like a nice six with all those records i'm definitely not giving it a two out of ten Fantano, I don't know what the hell that was, fam. He said it was worse than Culture 2. He's bugging. <laughs> My man's is bugging. I give it a six, at least. And I'll if probably we, give, it, give it the same. And if we cut out eight of those records, it'd probably reach a seven for me. With, with like, higher replay value, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, all in all, it's a fine project. It's above average project. If you're a fan of the Migos, you're going to love it. There's definitely songs on there for you to blast during the summertime. A lot of songs of the summer anthems are on that album for me. Straightening. Modern Day Stroll, still a banger. Avalanche banger. So definitely take a listen to the Migos. Enjoy that record. Enjoy that album. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's it when it comes to music. Gotcha. Oh, no, we, we're going to talk about one more music project. Well, more like a prediction project. Oh, yes. Tyler, the creator. He no, is here. Not that. No, oh. not that. Not that. Oh, okay. Oh, the Space it, Jam New Legacy? New Legacy. Okay, Space Jam 2. Oh, we can't even call it that. Space Jam A New Legacy. This is not even a sequel. It's a reboot. It's, it's a reboot. It's a rebrand. And normally, we wouldn't talk about, like, soundtracks. But this is, like, our childhood, right? Space Jam. Yes. Huge success. We all talk about it constantly, even if most of us don't go back to like rewatch it because we know we shouldn't. Yeah, it's gonna it's suck. Still, it still holds like a, a dear, near and dear part within our childhood. Exactly. In, in 30 seconds, you're gonna hear R. Kelly too. You don't wanna hear that. Exactly. So, 
any anyways yeah that's that's kind of why i wanted to bring this up because the soundtrack for space jam was like fire yes listening to it as a kid there's a lot of uh iconic tracks on it i mean i i already mentioned one yeah and it's what you used for a lot of your graduations the other one um it was the seal remake to time keeps on slipping 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 i want to fly like an eagle yeah see that seal remade that track so this this is fire right so the soundtrack the movie has an importance of culture because it's basketball and this is basketball reaching the heights of superstardom because you have michael jordan who is superstar exactly superstar superstar right megastar megastar hitting the movies coming back from baseball back into the league it's just like the perfect movie right yeah seen... as we watch the documentary we exactly. understand why it was just perfect we've seen the last so, dance exactly so mike so now lebron james is going to be in this movie yes who and i think lebron james is going to be uh acting wise i think he's gonna be great right because he is he does act and he does do commercials and he does play small roles in movies for the past couple of years even like when he was in cleveland so I was like, all right, the acting, easy. The movie, you know, I'm just leave that open space. How do you feel about Anyways. War Machine as the vi- as the villain? No, that's fine. Don Cheadle has like, like he's chilling. He can do whatever he wants now. It's time for jazz, right? So we're going to quickly talk about the soundtrack. We're not going to talk about the movie. We will talk about the movie when it comes out. Oh, definitely. Out within the month or so. Yeah, it's going to come out next month. But what's trending is the soundtrack because they kind of dropped a track list. And we love soundtracks, especially hip-hop-based soundtracks. Yes. And, and I love uh, a good that... movie soundtrack as well. TV show soundtrack, anime soundtrack. Of course, we had we had Yasuke, for crying out loud, with Flying Lotus and Help of Thundercat. Oh, still still like one of my favorite um, soundtracks. I still listen to it. Yeah, and um, I like always have to reiterate this. Do not watch the anime. It sucks. <laughs> All right, let, let's get into it. Let, let's get into A New Legacy. Okay, A New Legacy, original motion picture soundtrack. Number one is a song that most of us have heard already. I don't know if you heard it, Bastion. Lil Baby and Kirk Franklin, We Win. It was a lot better than what I expected it to be. It wasn't much, though. But, yeah, but you know what I mean? For, I thought it was more. Movie. It's for a movie, though. So I, I gave it a pass. Okay. Next. 24... Uh, Carrot Golden, Control the World, featuring Lil Wayne. I don't know. It's like, what Lil Wayne are we going to get? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, Chance the Rapper, Grown. John Legend, Grown. And Simba. I don't know who Simba is. See yeah. Me Fly. This sounds like... All right, so this is like one of those tracks where I was like, hmm. Like, I saw the Lil Wayne feature. I was like, huh? But then next track to have John Legend and Chance to reference, I don't know who Simba is either, and see me fly. Yes. Doesn't sound This sounds suspicious. It, it sounds like an very ode. suspicious. It's, I'm not too sure what they want to do with this. It sounds um, like an ode to an older track because this is Space Jam. We gotta keep uh, the flying thing going. But yeah, that but I do know it was not it's, it won't be a cover because it can't be a cover. It can't be a cover. One, it can't be a cover. Two, it's like John Legend's there, and he knows better. Out of everybody in the world, he knows better, right? Are you going to hear a piano in this, possibly, since it's John Legend? 
I swear this could I swear this to you bashing this could be a ballad because you know Chance be singing too hey he can't sing. he of can't course sing. this is the greatest day in my life so Let's the thing about Chance that. the Rapper, like, it seems like his own solo work, he's just not putting the effort into it. That's why it's been garbage. And, he, you know, his old manager, you know, pretty much sued him. Well, we know about that. No, that's the story that we discussed a while ago. So, I don't know. I, I'm pretty sure everybody saw that, like, third track and was like, hmm, very suspicious. This has a, I think this is going to be some freaking ballad and I'm already cringing from this. All right, next track. Oh, Ooh, you're gonna love this one, Bastion. Sweetie, hoops featuring Salt and Pepper and Cash Doll. Um, no. Hey, hey, let's give it the chance. I'm very interested to see what um, Salt and Pepper could do for this track. Okay, what about yeah. Sweetie, Bastion? Huh? What about her? She, you could do everything. She's okay. Great. Um, another one that I was like, I groaned at. And it's not Lil Uzi's fault, but just the name of the track, Pump Up the Jam, which, again, is an ode to, like, the original one that happened in the in the original Space Jam. Yeah. So I'm, I'm like, ugh, maybe this is going to be, like, the modern version of that because, again, we're giving a callback to the old Space Jam. So, yeah. So the next three is like you get a St. John's track, you get a John Legend track, mm -hmm. and you get a Jonas Brothers track. And I'm then curious about the and, Jonas and Brothers anime. track. So like just looking at this is like, so what style are they going for now? I don't know, right? Bastion. What is the it, hell the is Jonas it hip -hop Brothers going to do? Or it's just piano ballad music on hip hop. Well, you have John Legend, so that's piano ballad. St. John and SZA, that's straight up uh, R&B. And then Lil Tech and Amine, that's that's rap. But what were they going for? <laughs> Just like off the soundtrack alone. I don't know, Bastion. I'll, I'm really curious about this Jonas Brothers track, to be honest. Maybe we don't need hip hop tracks anymore. So, like, all right, let's finish it and I'm just going to drop this there. Look, number 10, Dame Dollar, G Easy, P Lo, White Dave. I think Dame Dollar's going to smoke all their boots. Dame time, baby. We're going to get a Bronghampton track, which is interesting. I'm interested in that. Four day duckwork track, which oh. isn't. I'm cool. Duckwork is not bad. I th I think his first two albums were great. Wait, am I misunderstanding Duckworth? Duckworth, yeah. yeah, yeah, you got it right. I didn't like his last album. Okay. But I think he's he's pretty good. Um, trying to see. Yeah, super good. Okay, but I'm ugly. Falling man, those those are pretty good. Yeah, the falling man's really good. Okay. Check it out. Uh, not too crazy about Corday, <laughs> especially his EP that recently came out. Uh, Big Frida, Big Frida, yeah, getting loony, going loony. Uh, I think this might be one of my favorite tracks because I'm exp I'm I'm hoping for a bounce track. Big Frida, yeah, me too. Queen of but bounce, see, but see, it's like well, where are we going with this now? Now we're now we're going bounce because get it bounce basketball you bounce a basketball you see the connection there but why are we getting a jonah lucas lucas track right after i don't know bastion because it's Liam called Bridges? shoot my shot it's well, i'm sorry shoot my shoot wait what the frick hold up shoot my shoot not shoot my shot yeah 
Okay, then Leon Bridges. And then Anthony Ramos, again, singing. He's an okay singer. I don't hate him for that. But I'm scared. I am nervous. Yeah, yeah. and this is going to be the soundtrack for what we're going to deem as a another franchise like because lebron james he's a superstar superstar uh hitting the same level as michael jordan right if we would like to parallel um but michael jordan being like the first nba superstar superstar right a little bit different compared to being like the next superstar superstar Mm -hmm. after i think kobe will be uh in the part right definitely so like jordan kobe then braun as far as like yeah. the face of the NBA, of course, you know, NBA has had like its stars and stuff. Allen Iverson, Kevin Garnett, blah, 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 blah. But as far as like figureheads, poster childs, it'd definitely be like Michael, Kobe, LeBron. Yeah. Definitely. Um, I guess but we'll yeah. see. When is, when is this album actually coming out? Probably a day before uh, the movie actually comes out. Okay. Okay. Hopefully, it'd be like a week before, so I can. July sixteenth. July sixteenth. Yeah, yeah. It's legit in in one month. Yeah, around the corner. Word, man. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode today. I had fun, Bastion. How about you? Yeah, yeah. It was great. Another great episode. Um, Thank y'all so much for tuning in. We're going out to cool in the gang. Summer madness. I played the extended cut, Bastion, because I like the extended cut. Gotcha. Until then, we'll see you all next week. Take care. Happy Juneteenth. Stay black. Peace.